Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Radiate Church Online. Thank you so so much for being with us today. We are so honored uh, that you are here for week four of Define the Line. I hope you came ready. I hope you came expecting. I hope you came looking for God to do something amazing today because He is. Um, I, I want to encourage you, go ahead and get your notebooks out, your pens out, get ready to take some notes, highlight some things in your script, in your scripture, in your Bibles today. It's going to be really really powerful. I'm excited about what God's going to speak to us today. And um, I'm just excited that you're there. Again, we started this last week. I'd love to do a little greeting moment. And so if you're in the in the stream today, we'd love for you to put a little wave hand emoji or a high five emoji or something like that in there to greet some people uh, that are on there. Just set, You can even shout somebody out if you want to. Just invite them or, or high five them or whatever it is. Just greet somebody in the chat chat today. We can we may be uh, physically distanced, but we can be socially connected and we can spiritually grow as we've been saying through this entire thing. We we thank you so much. It, it means so much to us that you're a part of our online experience and what God is doing here at Radiate Church. It's 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 really unique and special and we love how God is moving here at Radiate Church. So we've been in this series called Define the Line for the month of August. It's been a powerful series as we've talked about consumers versus contributors and what it means to be a contributor to the kingdom of God. And then we talked about uh, what does it mean to be different and be a purple cow and how God's called us to be different. And then last week we talked about how we all have a role to play in building the kingdom of God here on earth. Today I want to talk to you about this. I want to talk to you about in a pit with a lion. In a pit with a lion. It's going to be about seizing opportunities, but I want to get started by reading scripture today. We're going to read 2 Samuel chapter 23. We're going to read verses 20 through 23 today. And I just want to read that right off the start. We're going to pray, and then we're going to get into this. So let's read 2 Samuel chapter 23, verses 20 through 23 today. It says this, Then, then Benaiah, or Benaiah, I've heard it said both ways, uh, Then Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, or Jehoiada, sorry, the son of a valiant man of Kabzil, who had done mighty deeds, killed the two sons of Ariel of Moab. He also went down and, and killed a lion, in the middle of a pit on a snowy day. It's kind of funny how they just sneak that in there at the end of a at the end of a paragraph, at the end of a phrase, at the end of a verse. It's just, oh, and by the way, he went down into a pit on a snowy day and he killed a lion. It's crazy. Verse 21, he killed an Egyptian, an impressive man. Now the Egyptian had a spear in his hand, but he went down to him with a club and snatched the spear from the Egyptian's hand and killed him with his own spear. This guy is a boss, right? Then he, then verse 22, These things Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, did, and had a name as well as the three mighty men. Then listen to verse 23. He was honored among the 30, but he did not attain to the three. And David appointed him over his guard. Father, take these words in Second Samuel, set them deep in our spirits, God, and let them just motivate us, and God, let them push us and, and, and take us on a journey of somewhere new uh, to make a difference for the kingdom of God. Lord, I am grateful that there are hidden warriors in our scripture that we can learn lessons from on how to be bigger 
and better and greater in the kingdom of God with you and because of you. And God, we honor you in your name. Amen. Yeah, as you can tell today, we're going to talk about a hidden warrior in 2 King or 2 Samuel 23 named Benaiah. It's going to be a great thing, but I, I need to be real honest with you today. I need to be real straight up right from the beginning, right, at, right in the offset. I need to tell you something. I, I'm really, really tired right now. I'm really, really tired of, of watching lives end entirely too soon before they even get an opportunity to seize opportunities before them. I'm really tired of watching people squander the opportunities that come about in their lives uh, simply because it's not in the package that they envisioned it would be. I'm tired of people watching people write off opportunities just because it doesn't look like they thought it would. I'm really tired today of watching something that we can't control like COVID-19 and political elections and things like that. I'm really tired of watching things that we can't control change everything that we can. I'm really tired of watching followers of Jesus be more vocal about masks and mandates than we are the kingdom of God. I'm I'm going to be real today. I am really stinking tired, but I'm also really, really inspired. I'm really inspired today. Like I am jacked up and it's not just on Starbucks, but I am jacked up today. I'm inspired. I'm I'm inspired that every single day is a brand new opportunity. I'm I'm really, really inspired that what God wants for me is better than anything that I could ever imagine in my life. I'm, I'm really, really inspired that what I can control changes every single thing I come into contact with. I'm, I'm really, 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 really inspired that God never gives up on me. And I'm incredibly inspired that God, hear this, you need to hear this today. Some of you need to hear this. God is just getting started. Listen, I know you're like just getting started. We're in the middle of a national, a worldwide pandemic, you know, economy, election, masks, all this stuff, vaccines, all these things. Yes, but God's just getting started. God's just getting going. I have a mentor of mine. He's been saying this all year long. This is still our year. It's still our year. I'm just here to tell you, some of you need to hear this. I'm inspired because God's just getting started. Because as long as there's breath in my lungs and blood in my body, I have a purpose to live out on this earth. I'm tired. I'm frustrated. I'm aggravated. I, I, get, I, get, uh, uh, I just get down about everything that's going on. But I'm inspired when I think about all God's doing. I'm inspired when I think about every day I have a new opportunity to live out with God. I'm inspired when I think about that God's just getting started with you. And today, because of that, because of that inspiration, because of what God's doing within us, because God's just getting started, I want to talk to you about something that I feel like we really need to understand if we're really going to be contributors, if we're really going to be different, if we're really going to build something powerful on the earth, I think we need to talk about how to seize opportunities. Like, hear, hear me, hear me. I said this last week, and I really just wanted to lean into it this week. But I said last week, we can't just sit back and listen to what God says and hope that it happens. We've got to learn how to seize opportunities in our lives. 
The people that make the greatest difference for the kingdom of God sees every opportunity that comes their way. And I want to talk to us about that out of the story of Benaiah in 2 Samuel chapter 23 today. And I've got three points. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to hit them right now. And we're going to talk about how to seize opportunities. And then we're going to get off this stream. We're going to shut this thing down, the, the app, the, 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 the podcast, the stream on Facebook and YouTube and the website, whatever it is. When this is over, after we worship together one more time after the message, we're going to shut it down and we're going to go find opportunities to seize. And so the first thing I want us to do is, is to understand about opportunities is we have to run toward opportunities. We have to run to opportunities, not away from, but to them. We have to run in the direction of opportunities. 2 Samuel chapter 23 and verse 20 says this, Then Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, the son of a valiant man of Kabzil, who had done mighty deeds, killed the two sons of Ariel of Moab. Now these two sons were thought to be pretty powerful guys, and I, I don't know the backstory of that, but... Then it says this, oh, and by the way, he also went down and he killed a lion in the middle of a pit on a snowy day. Hang on a second. This dude goes and, okay, he kills two guys, fine, whatever. And then not only does he kill those two guys, but it says he goes down and kills a lion in the middle of a pit. On a snowy day. So he goes into a hole that confines your escape routes. <laughs> you can't, it's harder to get out. A lion was down there. He goes down into a place that is difficult to get out of. And when the, su when the snow had settled, when everything had come calm again, someone walked out of the pit and it wasn't the lion. This dude is a boss. He goes into a pit and kills a lion on a snowy day. Understand something. He went toward an opportunity. We're going to see why that was an opportunity in just a moment. But he ran toward an opportunity. He didn't run away from it. He didn't let it intimidate him. He saw the opportunity before him. For whatever reason, he needed to get in that pit, and he needed to take care of that lion. Some of us, we look at lions, we hear their roar, we run away, and we never seize the opportunity to watch God show off. Hear me, if we never run towards something that intimidates us, we'll never accomplish something that intimidates the enemy. You need to hear that again. If we never run towards something that intimidates us, we will never accomplish something that intimidates the enemy. We've got to learn to run toward, to, in the face of opportunities that don't make any doggone sense. We've got to learn to seize the opportunity of a lifetime within the lifetime of the opportunity. Every opportunity, hear me, has an expiration date. It's not going to be there forever. It's not going to be there forever. We can't be procrastinators and still seize opportunities. We can't be procrastinators and still get things done that intimidate everybody else. You know why some of the greatest books, songs, sermons, and churches aren't alive, but they're down in a grave somewhere today? Because somebody had it in them, but they ran from the opportunity instead of toward it. Every day of our lives, hear me today, 
I've said this every Sunday of this series. His mercies are new every day. That means every morning of my life that I get up, there's a new opportunity. There's a new challenge. There's a new point. There's something new purposeful within me that God wants me to accomplish. You know that coworker you can't stand? It's an opportunity. You know that moment that doesn't make sense that you've been praying for? It's an opportunity. You know the enemy that's been coming against you? It's an opportunity. Run towards the opportunities. And watch God show off. Watch God put you in a pit with a lion on a snowy day and watch you walk out victorious. Run towards the opportunities. Spiritual maturity, Mark Batterson says it like this, spiritual maturity is seeing and seizing God-ordained opportunities. Spiritual maturity is the ability to see a God-ordained opportunity and seize a God-ordained opportunity and do something about it in the name of God. Man, what a powerful thought. What a, what, 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 what a powerful oper, uh, or, or, or chance that we get every day of our lives to see and seize God-ordained opportunities. What is an opportunity? Let's talk about that for a second. Opportunity is this. Opportunity is the gap between where you are and where you could be. Some people call it potential. It's potential. It's also an opportunity. See, here's the thing. Many of us will go and we'll say, there's an opportunity for my marriage to get better, so let me find things that I need in order to fill the gap. No, you are the one to fill the gap. Place God in the gap and let him tell you what to do in the gap. That's the opportunity. You have an opportunity to make your marriage better. You have an opportunity to make your parenting better. You have an opportunity to make your church better. You have an opportunity to make your county better. You have an opportunity to make your job better. You have an opportunity to make your life better. Why? Because where you are is not where you've been God-ordained to be, and the gap is the opportunity of what God's calling you to see and seize. Make the most of the opportunities. Are you with me today? Make the most of the opportunities. Run toward the opportunities. The opportunities that we run to are often indicative of the bigness of the God that we serve. Let me, let me say that again and break it down. The opportunities we run to are indicative of the bigness of the God that we serve. Here's what I mean. Sometimes we will run towards opportunities that are not challenging to anyone. We know that we can accomplish them. We know that we can get it done outside of God, so we don't need God. So we get to a place to where we're numb to prayer because we only pray when we need something that's too big for us. Come on, somebody. And so we get to this place to where we're running towards opportunities that are not indicative of how big God really is. Run to the opportunities that are scary and frustrating, that are difficult. Here's, here's one. I'll tell you one for our church right now because you're watching this, so that means that you have some kind of interest of Radiate Church. Here's an opportunity that you and I have right now. I have declared that we will get better and bigger and stronger in the middle of a worldwide pandemic as a church. 
church. We will serve our county. We will serve our community. We will love people. We will, gr- we will reach more people. We will grow. And we, will, we will watch people's lives change in the middle of a worldwide pandemic right here at Radiate Church. There's opportunity. Run to it. Run to it. The opportunities we run to in your life. Well, if I, and you know, I'll run to this opportunity because I know I can get it done. No, run to that opportunity and then take it further because it's not about what you can accomplish, hear me? It's about what he wants to accomplish through us. So we have to run to the opportunities every day. And then in, in 2 Samuel chapter 23, verse 21, there's something interesting that takes place. So it mentions, hey, he kills a lion in a pit on a snowy day, right? And then it says, he kills an Egyptian, an impressive man, right? And it says, now the Egyptian had a spear in his hand, but he went down to him with a club and snatched the uh, spear from the Egyptian's hand and killed him with his own spear. Now, the Egyptian man, if you go to 1 Chronicles 11, the same story is in there, and it tells you how tall the man is, and it comes up to about seven and a half feet. So it's not a small guy. It's a big guy, probably really strong, really buff. Here's the thing. Listen, the second thing we have to do, so first we have to run two opportunities. Second thing we have to learn to do is we have to learn to disarm the enemy. Disarm the enemy. Many of us are frustrated at the enemy because we're fighting a battle with no weapons while we leave every weapon he has in his hand. We have to learn to disarm the enemy. I don't care how big the enemy is. I don't care how long the enemy's been chasing you. I don't care how long that thought has been with you, how long that addiction has been with you, how long that depression has been with you. I don't care how long that enemy has been fighting you. That doesn't matter to me because here's what I'm telling you. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the goodness and the love of our God, we can take the weapon right out of his hand, right out of the enemy's hand and turn it right back around on him. Watch this. If pornography and lust is the weapon he's using against me then I need to do what I need to do to get my phone tracked to turn my 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 computer off to make sure somebody's checking on my websites to make sure I'm not dealing with that to somebody looks at me in the gym and says what you looking at there but I've got to disarm the enemy so that I can turn it back around and say what you meant for harm Satan God is now using as a testimony Come on, we got to learn to disarm the enemy. If you struggle, if, if, if anxiety is what the enemy uses against you, then you take those thoughts captive and you start replacing worry with scripture. You start play, replacing uh, worry with, with, with praise. You start replacing insecurity with confidence in who he called you to be because other people's opinions are not what define you. It's who he says that you are that defines you. Come on, somebody. You, we have to learn to disarm the enemy and turn his spear back up against him what he's meant for harm God uses for your good stop focusing on the weapon the enemy is pointing at you take it from his hand and shove it down his throat you're fighting from victory not for it you don't wake up every day going god i just hope that you forgive me and that i can be victorious today no 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 we wake up every day going through the power of god through the goodness of god through the forgiveness of jesus and through the empowerment of the spirit i walk 
in victory today because my life isn't just about Christ. My life is hidden in Christ. And because of that, I will disarm my enemy today. Maybe it's a new battle every day. That's why the Christian faith is called a journey. What is the enemy using against you? Stop, stop complaining that he's using all these things against you when you're not doing anything to disarm them. Maybe you need to go get some help from a professional counselor. I don't know. Maybe the way to, to disarm the enemy in your marriage is just quit being a jerk. Maybe the way to disarm the enemy uh, with your parenting is to pray with your kids. Maybe the way to disarm the enemy from feeling insignificant is to plug into your church. How do we disarm the enemy in your life? I'm here to tell you, it's not the weapon that the enemy's using that is so scary. It's that we leave it in his hands. And then sometimes, if we're not careful, we'll actually draw the, draw the bullseye because we'll look at him and go, I can't take that one more time. If that pops up one more time, I'm just going to lose it and I'm going to give in. You might as well look at the devil and say, hey, throw that spear at me one more time because if you hit me one more time, I'm broken and I can't do nothing. No, we need to step up and go, no, 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 no. You can keep throwing the spears. You can keep doing what you need to do. But I'm here to tell you something, devil. You ain't got nothing on me because whenever you pierce me, the blood of Jesus is what comes out. Disarm the enemy. Disarm the enemy. And then the third one is we have to realize with opportunities. So the first one is run to the opportunity. Second one is disarm your enemy. And the third one is we have to understand that opportunities become platforms. Opportunities become platforms. So remember, we, we're, we're in this story with Benaiah, Benaiah, however you say it, and we're in this story, and he's killed a lion in a pit on a snowy day. He's killed this seven-and-a-half-foot-tall Egyptian by taking his own spear and killing him with it. And then it says in verse 23, he was honored among the 30, but he did not attain to the three, right? But here's the important part. And David, King David, appointed him, over his guard. Benaiah, Benaiah, wasn't trying to build a resume. Benaiah was just living his life. Benaiah was taking and seizing every opportunity that was before him, and he was making the most of it. See, Benaiah's dad was a priest, so he understood what it meant to follow the Holy Spirit and to follow God. He, he understood let me backtrack. He understood the wisdom, the knowledge, the information of God. He understood who God was. He understood what opportunities of God looked like. Benaiah was just living his life. David looked and said, not only are you living your life, but you're building your resume. And because of what you've done, Benaiah, I need to tell you, you killed those two guys. You killed that lion in a pit on a snowy day. You took care of that Egyptian by disarming him. That's the guy I need over mine. I'm here to tell you somebody somewhere is watching the opportunities you seize. God is watching how you seize them, how you disarm them, how you uh, succeed in those opportunities. God is watching what you learn from them. God is watching how you rely on Him. God is watching everything you do, and there will come a moment where your opportunities become the platform of your promotion. 
There will come the opportunity where God goes, I see you. I see what you've done. I see the hell you've been through. I see how you've responded with faith. I see how you've responded with the word. I see how you've responded by leaning into the Holy Spirit. I see how you've responded to those things. I see the opportunities you've seized and what you've learned from them. And now I'm going to promote you on the seizing of your opportunities. Your opportunity will become your platform one day. We don't seize platform. We don't seize. Yeah, we don't si- look for platforms. We seize opportunities. When we look for platforms, then we worship promotion. <laughs> but when we seize opportunities, we're looking for progress. I'm trying to progress the kingdom of God in my life. I don't know about you. So any opportunity that comes my way that progresses the kingdom of God, that glorifies God, that takes God on a new level to a new place in somebody's life, I need to seize that opportunity. So i got to run to the opportunity. i got to disarm the enemy. And I've got to understand that opportunities become platforms. And I know during COVID... During financial unrest, during an election season, during all this stuff, you're sitting back going, oh man, I don't have much opportunity. I beg to differ. This season is nothing but one massive opportunity for you and for me, for our county and our community. So there's one question left to answer in this entire thing. How do I know when it's an opportunity for me to seize? I have one answer. And then I'm going to explain it. How do I know it's a God-ordained opportunity for me to seize? The Holy Spirit. That's how you know. Let me explain it, how you can lean into the Holy Spirit enough to know that it's a God-ordained opportunity for you. As you know, or maybe you don't know, I've got three kids. I've got a nine-year-old, I've got a six-year-old, and I've got a two-year-old. Now, we're a pretty family-oriented family. We're pretty tight-knit. We're close. We do a lot of things together. They travel with us, with us when they can. They, um, I remember when Brody, my oldest, was just a, not even a year old. He was going to youth camps with me as I was traveling the southeast and speaking at camps and youth revivals and doing all those things. I remember all that. Now, my two-year-old, Cullen, is at this stage to where anytime I walk in the door, it's the, he runs and he wraps his arm up to me and he's like, Daddy, Daddy. And then, you know, when I go to leave, he'll, he'll ask me this question a lot of times. It's, it's, where are you going? Where are you going? Where are you going, Daddy? What, Daddy, where are you going? You going to the gym? You go work? What you going? Where are you going? And I'll tell him where I'm going. And a lot of times he'll say, can I go? I go too. Can I go? Sometimes my answer is, yeah, absolutely. And sometimes my answer is, no, he can't go to the office with me and some things like that. And then what he does a lot of times is he'll chase me out the door, right? And so I'm backing my car up and he'll come running out the door and he stops right right, Pat, right there at the beginning of the driveway where the house and the driveway meet. And he's yelling, bye, daddy, bye, love you, love you, bye. It's the cutest thing. But I try to take my kids... Because Kylie and Brody, my middle and my oldest, they ask me if they can go with me a lot of times too. I try to take my kids with me whenever I can. And here's the thing, I don't, I don't take them all together very often because that's three kids and one of me and I'm highly outnumbered and uh, I don't want to go to jail either. That wouldn't be good. But no, no, I'm just kidding. But when I take them with me, when Cullen goes with me or Brody goes with me or Kylie goes with me, 
a lot of times we'll go to a store and they'll want some candy or they'll want a Gatorade or they'll want, you know, something like that. And, and often I'll, I'll get them that stuff, right? So like uh, not too long ago, I took Kylie and Brody somewhere with me and then we went to the driving range. We were, we were going to hit some golf balls and I took them, but Cullen didn't go. And they came back with the, the big Gatorades and some candy and they were eating it. And Kylie uh, uh, was eating it in the kitchen and Cullen looks at her and goes, I want that. I want that. And that's kind of how it goes. Whichever one goes with me kind of gets something different. And then the other one that didn't go with me wants what they want, what they got, and wants to ask me, why didn't I get that? And here's my answer. Because you weren't there. Because you didn't go. She went, he went, and so because they went, they got something different. That's a whole lot like the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we want to know, well, why did they get that? Well, why are they going through that? Why do they have such peace? Why do they have such wisdom? Why do they have such favor? And I think sometimes God's going, because they decided to be with me. Because they decided to walk with me. Because they decided to hear. Because when you're with someone, you can hear conversations nobody else hears. You get one-on-one wisdom nobody else gets. You get things nobody else gets because you're deciding to be with them. I, I just think sometimes the Holy Spirit is like, hey, you're, you're, gonna, you're with me. You've made that decision. And when we're with the Holy Spirit, there's often he'll look at us and go, see that right there? That's an opportunity. Hey, you see that person that, that in front of you pay for their coffee? That's an, that's an opportunity. Hey, you see that person sitting in the corner over there? Go strike up a conversation. There's an opportunity. See, when we're walking with the Holy Spirit, whenever we get out of bed and go, hey, Holy Spirit, help me. Hey, Holy Spirit, walk with me. Hey, God, teach me. Hey, Holy Spirit, give me wisdom. Hey, hey, Jesus, help me live for you. See, when we do that and we walk with them and we go places with them, we get things that we wouldn't normally get because we're choosing to be with them in that moment. And so my answer to the question, and it's a great question because I know some of you were asking the question, how do I know if it's a God-ordained opportunity? You got to be with him. You got to be with him. You got to be with the Holy Spirit. You got to be with Jesus. You got to walk with God. You got to, hey, Holy Spirit, where are you going? I go with you. Can I go with you? Hey, Holy Spirit, I see you moving over there. Can can I go and be a part? Hey, Holy Spirit, I see you moving at Radiate Church. What do I need to do to go with you there? Hey, Holy Spirit, I see you moving in people's lives. What do I need to do to go there? Hey, Holy Spirit, where are you going? I go with you? And I just want to encourage you today. If I'm going to be just raw and honest, I'm tired, I'm inspired. But here's the truth. I'm, I, I, I don't want you to... To end the day, every day, with opportunities left sitting on the table. Because hear me, we don't know how long we've got. And we don't know what it's going to take. But here's what I know. If I'm walking with the Holy Spirit and I go with Him and I look at Him and go, teach me to seize the opportunities. Can I promise you something? We will see lives change, hearts mended, bondage broken. We'll see all the enemy disarmed and we'll watch Jesus be glorified in the middle of it all. Why? Because I'm walking with Him seizing opportunities. And that's what I want for you.
And so today, here's what I want to do. I want to pray over every person in this, in this video, in listening to this on podcast, re-watching the replay, doesn't matter. I want to pray for every single person watching this, a blanket prayer that we would have an innate passion and drive and fire to go with the Holy Spirit and seize God-ordained opportunities every day of our lives. Not needing external motivation to kick us in the pants to get us to go, but internal motivation of the power of God. And then there's people watching this and listening to this today that it's time to give your life to Jesus. That is your next God-ordained opportunity. And I want you to seize that today. But right now, I just want to pray. Father, thank you. Thank you, God. As I reach my hand out towards every person watching today, listening today, God, I just pray right now that we'd have this internal drive and fire and motivation within us to seize God-ordained opportunities every day. God, if it doesn't push your kingdom forward, we don't need to put so much effort into it. But let us push your kingdom, push your love. Let us draw people closer to you by the way that we love. God, let us go with you. Holy Spirit, where you go, we go. And what you do, we do. Let us walk in that. God, there's people out there today that feel like they have nothing left to give, but right now you're drawing them back in to a relationship with you. If you're out there today and you'd say, my next God-ordained opportunity is to give my life to Jesus. Ask for his forgiveness and walk with him every day. I couldn't be happier for you, but I'd love for you to pray this with me out loud. The Bible says confess it with your mouth. Don't just do it internally, but speak it out of your mouth. Say this with me. Dear Jesus, I give you my life. Forgive me of who I've been. Take me to where you have me going. I'm sorry for who I was, but I'm excited for who I'm going to be in you. I know that you died on the cross to forgive me of my shortcomings, to forgive me of my sin. Thank you for welcoming me into the family of God today. Now, if you prayed that prayer, I want you to know I am stoked. I am pumped. I'm excited for you. There's going to be something on the bottom of the screen right now. It's going to tell you to text a word to a number. I need you to go ahead and do that because I've got something that I need to put in your hands to walk with you. I want to take this journey with you. I need you to text that so that we can do that. Now, all across the nation, as you watch and listen to this, we got one more worship song coming up. We're going to worship. We're going to respond to God's goodness. Today is the day we seize every opportunity from this day forward. Let's worship and let's go change the world. I love you so much.